You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Hello and welcome to Steve Bloomer's Washing, the Derby County fan podcast. Thanks for joining us in, it's fair to say, quite difficult circumstances. Uh, we're not long back from our day out in Birmingham. It's been a challenging day, to say the least. Um, I'm your host, Chris Parsons, and with me, attempting to make sense of that catastrophic Villa Park display that Derby put on are Richard Kutcher. Hello. And Tom Martin. You're way too cheery for me, Chris. Thanks for... <laughs> way too cheery. I appreciate you coming on, Tom, because you took some persuasion to even be in this conversation. In your own after, house. In your own house, after what we witnessed. I know what you're thinking. This is going to be one depressing podcast to listen to after Derby County's result against Aston Villa. But cheer up, it's not all bad. Stick with us, because we've got a new game, haven't we, Richard? We have got a new game. Well, for those who listen to the Christmas quiz episode... It's not an entirely new game, but we will be mixing it up on the Who Ran My Side and asking, I'm going to be asking Tom and Chris to name as many former clubs of one of our former players as possible. In a game we've ingeniously titled King, King of, of Clubs. Clubs. Didn't even plan to do that in unison. That's <laughs> just what levels, like that's a level around. It's like now. you're going to uh, start finishing my sentences. Sentences, oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Quali- let's, let's, quality. Quality. <laughs> Before we crack on, don't forget to give us a follow on social. We're on Facebook, Twitter, at Steve Bloomer Pod, and Instagram. And you can subscribe on all channels where you get your podcasts as well. We're on iTunes, we're on Spotify, and SoundCloud for Android users. Let's get into it then, shall we? Aston Villa 4, Derby County Nil, an absolute disaster class of a day out and a first half defensive performance. Yet somehow, Richard, we're still only three points off the top six, or the four with goal difference. Um, I just cannot work out where, where this Derby County side are at the moment. Our recent performances evidence that we're just a top 10 side at best. At best is probably quite generous. Um, on that performance, we're a relegation side. We're not going to get relegated, obviously, and we probably will finish top half of the table. But on that evidence, and on the evidence against Nottingham Forest, and for much of February, we're definitely not a top six team. Uh, we're not creating anything, as we touched on on Monday night after Forest. Do we have a single shot on target today? No, I'll we get, didn't. No. I'll, I'll get to that. Uh, <laughs> so it's all in there, don't worry. Yeah, so um, <laughs> we're not creating chances. And as we saw in that first half, we are an absolute shambles at the back, which is nothing new this season. 
Um, at least in the first half of the season, we were conceding goals, but we were scoring goals. We're not scoring goals anymore. We're not even looking like creating chances, let alone scoring goals. I mean, that, that, that team today, I don't think it's wholly reflective of the team in general, but that performance today is, is not a team that's going anywhere upwards anytime soon. Tom, was the sense that you got that we were doomed to struggle in this game from the moment that Lampard put the team out? Because there was a fair bit of rotation there, wasn't there? It's not necessarily the uh, rotation that I think that's the problem. It's the fact that we started the game in the, in the first 30 seconds. We were straight away on the back foot. It was like a training drill. Uh, Villa just came onto us and it was like, oh, hang on a second. Are we playing a game of football here? We, we didn't even look ready to, to go out there with the 11 players. I've got no problem with starting Max Bird as a as a full debut. I've got no problem with bringing in someone like George Evans. He's a experienced Championship pro. Um, I've got no problem with like dropping Harry Wilson because he, he has looked tired recently. Just the manner of the the attitude and the application from the Derby players from the first minute was appalling. Sick uh, in the week, Harry Wilson was. We're told uh, rather than being dropped. But you're going to say something, there, Richard? Yeah, they didn't look they didn't look organised. Max Bird didn't seem to know what his job was. George Evans didn't seem to know what his job was. George Evans, I think you pointed out on the train home today, Tom. George Evans was almost playing as a third centre back at times and dropping so deep. And I kind of get that because there are times when we look. Keo and Tamori run out of ideas and they just pass it to each other so I understand why the midfielder might want to come all the way back and try and help them out do, do you know why Keo and Tamori run out of ideas it's not because of the centre midfielders that's not the problem the problem is the full backs and the wide players the two forward wide players in Yosef Soon uh, today and uh, forgive me I forget who I can't even remember who was on the left wing we were that bad Bennett wasn't uh, it? yeah Bennett yeah. on the left wing they were so narrow that when we got the ball in the centre at the centre back position there was no options and uh, the two full backs are so far forward you saw with Cole going forward and uh, Wisdom in the first half if Kieran Tomori had the ball there was nowhere for them to go to, to either Cole or to uh, wisdom in the second half at some point Malone was playing left wing forward I was like what the hell are you doing Tomori was having to cover two positions defensively Fullbacks and wide players, like there was just no shape for that Derby team. It was so frustrating to watch because we haven't got a way to get out of that ball, uh, get out with the ball. Do you think part of this is our defensive problems basically coming home to roost in this game? Um, and the fact that you mentioned yourself, Richard, that we don't seem to have given the back four as much attention as maybe we should have done this season. Look, we don't know what goes on in training, we don't know. How many? How much focus is paid on the defensive side of what we're doing? But on today's evidence, it didn't look like there was a huge amount, did it? Yeah, I was going to say exactly the same thing. We don't know what happens on the training ground, but it definitely doesn't look like there's any work on shape or organisation. And I think, yeah, the back four as a as a back four unit does not look organised. They do not seem to know when to pass players on, when the fullback should be tracking their man into the centre or, or passing them on. However. And this is part of the same problem, and it should be up to Keogh. Very, very experienced, we should remember, Richard Keogh, at the back, in the leading that back four and leading that team. There's no midfield shield. And yeah, we can blame that on the midfielders themselves, whether it's Tom Huddleston, whether it's Bradley Johnson, whether it's George Evans. But Keogh should be screaming at those midfielders to get into place and to shield them. There's no, I don't see any leadership at the back there from Keogh. And it's not all Keogh's fault, as I said, it should come from the management staff as well. But when you're on the pitch, it's the player's responsibility. And there doesn't seem to be any leadership or communication in that back four. I, I see that there's an issue through the midfield, but I actually don't think it is necessarily the central midfielder's uh, problem. I do see it as the fact that if you look how many times Villa get down the side of us today, it's because the fullbacks are too far forward. What we need to do today is we're up against a good side in Aston Villa. They've got some quality players in there, like Adoma, like Grealish. Um, 
why aren't our fullbacks just like holding back slightly so they're not caught too far forward of the ball? If you watch the highlights, if you weren't the game, if you watch watch the game, obviously if you were there, you see time and time again those Villa players getting beyond the fullbacks and crossing the ball into the box and causing us all sorts of problems. Those fullbacks are too far forward, and it's a tactical problem that Lampard needs to sort out. So it was down the down the wide areas that you mentioned there where. Villa did cause us a lot of problems in well causes problems all over the place to be frank but the goals were so easy weren't they embarrassingly easy at times uh Conor Horahane got two Tammy Abraham got a back post tap in after uh El Mohammedi basically had the freedom of Villa Park down the right even we could see that to whip in a decent ball but no one within 10 yards of him when he actually pulled the trigger and then Jack Grealish finished the humiliation with a worldie, which, to be fair, we couldn't do that much about. But since when did we become so easy to attack? I, I think I think we've been easy to attack for for quite a while. I think it's something we've touched upon a few times before. We've absolutely hammered Tomori at times, and and actually, I think he was arguably our best player. Doesn't say a lot for that Derby team today, um, but he was really committed, and he put he put in a lot of blocks today. The El Mohammadi. Uh, cross and the Abraham goal was the worst of the lot for me purely because that ball was in the Derby right wing position and we were pressing the ball and uh, Yosezin was pressing up there Marriott was up there the ball came into the middle it bypassed the two centre midfielders it came across from the midfield to the right winger and I have no idea where Cole was but I think Cole was daydreaming somewhere and Elmer had, Hamadi had loads of time and space put a beautiful ball in and Keo was not goal side Tomori wasn't in the quite in the right position not necessarily blaming him at all, but just shape was all over the place. And it was the fullbacks, I think, for me, that were not right. Of all the things I expected from Ashley Cole, positional solidity and common sense about when to go forward and back was one thing that I was hoping he's pretty much nailed down over his career. But he was, along with the rest of the back four, all over the shop, Richard, wasn't he? Yeah, I think that's fair. <clears throat> Even when the... Sorry to cut in there. The, we're watching the highlights back again just now because we really are gluttons for punishment and there were other chances that Villa had there was one before the third goal I think which I want to say Adoma put over the bar left footed yeah when it was Adoma again it was Cole caught out of position yeah I think that's fair to say and I take your point that we would have all expected that Cole at least what he would bring would be clever positional defensive play because he was one of the greatest left backs of all time however and I can, and this is a, might be a really stupid analogy to make, but if you're a really, really good player, and by the way, this isn't me I'm talking about, but if you're a really good player at five-a-side level and you go and play for a team which is not very good and they don't know what they're doing and they're not passing players on and they haven't got the right positions, then it's impossible for you to do your job properly because not everyone's, if you're not on the same wavelength as your teammates, then you're going to get confused as well. And Cole has been basically, in my opinion, bitten by the rest of the defensive brain freeze that they've all had this season and Cole yeah he might know he might know what to do himself but he's probably second guessing himself because the rest of the defence do not know what they're doing and his and his attacking left winger does not know what he's doing and his defensive shield does not know what he's doing Cole hasn't been very good the last two games defensively but I wouldn't say it's because Cole's a bad player I'd say it's because he's just he can't fix the system that's around him let's cut him some slack he was decent on his debut in the second half against Brighton but that that, but that was, was that the, seems a long time ago he now, was playing it? in an armchair in that match it was all it was all in front of him he was attacking he was going forward he was pushing us on we were trying to get a goal we we're trying to get an equaliser when you I said it at the time we all said he looked good in that match 
but he was playing on the front foot. When you're playing on the back foot and you're getting pressure and you're getting countered, you've got no protection in front of you, it's a different kind of game and he doesn't look up to it at the moment. I'm not saying he's not up to it, I'm just saying that he hasn't had a good couple of games. The really frustrating thing for me watching that Derby team today and watching that Derby team over the last few weeks is the, the lack of control when we've got the football. Like We don't have any options and we don't have any sort of... Uh, ideas of how we're going to actually pass out now we keep playing the ball short and I'm a big fan of that passing football it looks very nice and it looks very pretty but Keo and Tamori are still having too many touches in the, mid in the in the middle and then there's no options for them to give the ball further forward so as a result the other teams press us and then suddenly where do we go we go into the centre midfield area Huddleston on Monday uh, Evans or, or Bird today and then they shut us down and we lose the ball time after time after time and what Holmes was good at on Monday, he was not very good at today. He was picking up the ball and driving with that um, because we couldn't get the ball to him. And we look so bad going forward at the moment. It's embarrassing. That's what I was going to move on to. So blunt in attack at the moment, aren't we? No shots on target against Villa, who, let's not forget, are the team with the worst home defensive record in the top four divisions of English football. <laughs> no shots on target against that team. Just going to let that one put that one out there just so everyone's clear on, on the actual facts which they're the left back now. at centre back today as well that's um, an opportunity for us to go at them and just three shots on target in total in our last three games what's going wrong Richard? so to pick, to pick up on Tom Tom's point he said there that he's all up for playing out from the back and yeah that's true we're all up for playing out from the back we all want to play we all want to see good football being played However, this is not the style of football that Lampard talked about when he joined Derby. And it's not the style of football that Lampard showed in the first four months of his time at Derby County. His words, when he first took over Derby County, were fast, attacking, pressing football. When have we seen that in the last two months? When have we seen them moving the ball forward quickly? That was what he said. And that was what we did earlier in the season. Yeah, it's all well and good to keep the ball at the back, but you look for that early pass. They haven't got any earlier pass options. And his system is not creating the early pass options, whether it's a failure of players or whether it's a failure of system as his responsibility. And he said that his philosophy is fast, forward, pressing football. Haven't seen it. We haven't seen the pressing for ages. As you said, that Aston Villa team was there to be got at, and it would have been... I don't know how you get it, then whether you lump it forward and then press them or whatever, but it's not been happening. It's, it's not a lump forward that you want to see because t too many times Tamori has got the ball or Keo's got the ball and they've angled a long diagonal ball. And I'm like, I don't want Tamori and Keo playing that ball forward. I want that ball going down the channels and I want that to hit, hit in the wide players. But I haven't got any wide players as options. I, I would love to know how many times Malone or Cole or Wisdom touch the ball inside... Uh, inside the opposition territory I'd love to know how many times Josef Soon and uh, Bennett touch the ball inside opposition territory because the ball's not going to them they're not making the runs that give us the space and like, it, it's so frustrating to watch as some, someone who coaches a football team like, I, I see that and I, it's a really basic thing and I'm not saying that I'm a qualified coach or anything like that but I'm just saying that it's a really obvious thing it's like we get the ball wide and hang on there's no option so we go back into the middle and then we lose the ball. Like, surely you've got to identify that as, a, as the manager and you surely you've got to identify that as a player as well, that something's wrong with our shape and something is wrong with the width. That, and that's the way I think the problems are, the fullbacks and the wingers. I had a bit of fun. I say fun. Um, I got through that first half by seeing how long it took us to have a significant touch of the ball in the final third. And I think it was well beyond 20 minutes before that actually happened. But anyway... Are you going to go and take that to the bedroom later, Chris? <laughs> <laughs> no, 
gonna that, pri- that, Andre, that Andre Wisdom Cross. Gonna <laughs> cry myself to sleep thinking about that Andre Wisdom Cross. Um, what if? So this is what Lampard said about the game that we witnessed. Uh, he said it was a harsh reality check of where we're at. We have to learn the lessons. It has to be something we address seriously. Uh, he later added, what we were so good at earlier in the season was moving the ball so quickly, as you mentioned there, Richard, and that's something we need to get back to. Things like this can happen. Everyone was talking about promotion or playoffs, and all I spoke about was hard work. There are bumps in the road. We are not settled like other teams. This is where we're at. Interesting way to finish what what the quotes I picked out there, saying we're not settled like other teams. Perhaps a little nods to the tiredness that the players might be experiencing and the injuries and the rotation that he says he believes he was forced into against Villa. I think all of that is true, but I think he's probably also referencing the longer-term picture, which we talked about on Monday, which is there's going to be a lot of outs in the summer and a lot more, and it'll be his squad next season. I think what he's getting at there is it's, this is not his squad yet. This is not his settled squad. And I think maybe a bit of the injury stuff as well and the rotation, but he hasn't got the squad that he wants yet. And I think that you're going to hear more if this run continues and we stay in the kind of outside top six, which is which is fine. And I'm not having a go at Lampard. I think I we're, I think the three of us are all quite behind Frank Lampard, actually. However, I think you're going to hear a lot more of that stuff this in the next few months about him looking ahead to next season now. If you go through that starting eleven, though, a fair few of them are his players. Cole, Tamori, Evans, Yosef Zoon, uh, Marriott. Holmes. Holmes. Even Max Bird, you could say, is his player because he decided to promote him from the youth team. I, th- I think we've got to be we've got to be tentative about how much that is his team in terms of like he's still developing that team and Evans hasn't played that much and I think um, someone like Bird it's it's his, it's his full debut for God's sake like give the give the lad a bit of a break he he's he's coming he's done the best in a, a really struggling side I, I do think no way any of us here and I would hope most Derby fans most sensible Derby fans are, are advocating Lampard sacking that's not the point we're making at all we can criticise somebody and I think there was a lot to be worked on from Lampard but there's no way that I would want to see Lampard out at the end of the season if we finish 14th or 15th they in a horrific run I, I don't want that I want to see some stability and I want to see something built built yeah. with Lampard I'm not even going to entertain the even the possibility of talking about maybe looking at getting rid of Lampard at all Agreed. if anything no. if anything him having a bad run is quite good timing because Chelsea might need a new manager soon and it might just talk it might <laughs> that's, just that's talk stuff, it. isn't it it's rubbish that is rubbish <laughs> but but yeah I, I agree with you Chris they I can don't have, they can have Sudan instead that's fine yeah but I agree with you in the sense there Tom that it does need stability doesn't it no matter how shit things are at the moment and how bad we were today we'll come on to that later people have spoken about even people like Guardiola I know it's a ridiculous comparison but how were uh, you know City were nothing special in his first season? Norwich were nothing special exactly. in Farker's first That's season. That's the much yeah. better comparison. And now Farker he's last season. and now he's tearing up the championship, isn't he? Um, even I think Wagner had about half a season at, yeah. at Huddersfield. Um, didn't didn't do a huge amount there. I know it's a bit different because Lampard has had basically a full preseason. But it's not that different. It's not that different. I, th- I think it's a completely fair comment to make, and I think the Farker comparison is the best comparison you can make. Yeah, I, I totally agree with Kutch. I think uh, Lampard's got a lot to offer as a manager. I think he's a, a sensible guy. He he's obviously uh, going through a difficult spell, but this is the f- first time he's having that difficult spell as a manager. Let's see how he comes through it, and I I would um, I would f- thoroughly back him whatever he decides. And 
I feel that the decision, for example, to to bring in someone like Max Bird today, for me, would be the wrong decision because you're chucking an 18-year-old in there against a, a big club uh, in a big atmosphere, like 37,000 there at Villa Park today, um, in a team which is struggling. For me, that's not the right thing to do. You want to bring them that sort of player in when you're playing a, a, a slightly weaker team and you want a good run of form, perhaps. You don't want to be chucking him in there. Like he's, he's basically going to be shot down. And I thought Bird did the best he could. But I do think that's a bit of a Lampard error. He's possibly st- knocked him back a couple of steps for me. Did the best he could, but the best that Max Bird can do isn't still quite uh, yeah. the cut and thrust of the championship level, is it? Yeah, I don't know, actually. Maybe not, but who's to say that if you put him into a, a team doing well on a good run, playing with confidence, playing forward? We were on the back foot the whole game. There was not a single... We didn't have a single spell of pressure, and this is what worries me most at the moment is against Nottingham Forest we didn't really have a spell of conta- of continued consistent pressure if you put an 18 year old kid into that kind of team they might actually show something Max Bird re- it was not his kind of game he's not a all action get stuck in kind of midfielder which is what we actually needed in that match so I don't I think you can't judge him at all on that match to be honest I'll wrap up the first half of this if you want to see the rainbow you've got to put up with the rain do you know who said that Richard? Dolly Parton Dolly Parton and people say Let's, let's, let's finish there. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to um, go and get a beer for that. <laughs> or maybe a, a, glass of wi- uh, a glass of whiskey, not even a wee dram. <laughs> Steve Bloomers Washing is partnered for this season with Derby Brewing Company, the family-run micro-pub operator in Derby with three venues across the city, including the tap, which we would thoroughly recommend as a pre-match boozer. More in a second. Hi, I'm Dean Sturridge. Hi, I'm Paul Pesky-Solido. Hi, I'm Curtis Davis, and you're listening to Steve Bloomer's Washing. Before we move on then from that absolute atrocity at Villa, <laughs> um, we were wondering on the way home, just to put this one to bed really, was it the worst first half of football you've seen from Derby County in your lifetime? A few immediate contenders, but we put that one out on Twitter had a few replies from various people, what have I got here? So uh, Rob came back with uh, Premier League season, Aston Villa again at home, the uh, 6-0. I think we're 3-0 down at half-time there. And I think, no, Petrov scored from the halfway line in the second half. So, I mean, that's, that's null and void. That wasn't that bad. Um, <laughs> uh, Sam Bunting just said the whole Premier League season. Um, what else have we got here? It's a default answer, isn't it, the whole Premier League season? Yeah. A few people chipped in, uh, the Punjabi Rams, Stuart Faulkner, uh, Kevin James Wood, and Michael Dean with the... uh, Michael Dean? uh, Michael, yeah, he gets around, doesn't he? Uh, With Leicester at home in 1998, when, if memory serves, Derby were 4-0 down after 15 minutes. There are games where, actually, you concede four chances and four goals go in. They could have scored two goals today before the first goal went in yeah. and we didn't lay a glove on them the, the reason why I think could have been sh- about six or seven couldn't it at yeah, half time yeah exactly and the reason why I think it is the worst first half I've ever seen Derby play is because we did not lay a glove on them going forward I think even in the Premier League season, didn't even put the gloves on just it, yeah we left the gloves back also in you didn't go to Leicester you missed it <laughs> yeah, yeah that's, that's true I didn't go to Leicester but even in the Premier League season yeah we were awful we were bloody awful but I felt like sometimes we might have a shot on goal you know, yeah. every just, now and then we might have a, we might have a five minutes fellow pressure. The Villa Park game in today. the Premier League season was significantly better than today. The CB Howard hit the crossbar, for example. Yeah, that's a shot on goal, isn't it? That's a shot on goal. Uh, what else we have here? Uh, Andy Margett said uh, Barnsley under Clough. 
on a Tuesday night, 3-0 down and yeah. freezing. I think that game finished 3-2. Yeah, I do I think. That, yeah. um, what else do we have here? That was mainly it, really. Those were the big ones. So, yeah, it was bad. Probably the worst I've seen in my lifetime live at a game, mm. I would say. And although well, I was there, I- Ipswich Town when we were four-one down against Mc- uh, in McLaren's not real first game, but his first game in charge. Yeah, like, that was a bad one. Was, but again, that was like an even game that we made loads of mistakes at the back in the first half, and then we came back and sorted it out. At no point did I think you know we could have all left. A lot of people did leave at halftime, by the way, because I walked past them all on the stairs. But we could have all left at halftime knowing quite confidently that that was not going to change and it was only going to get worse. There was no sign whatsoever of a comeback on. Yeah, at no point was this an even game. No. Today was it really. Except a bit in the second half when Villa massively took their foot off the gas. Thankfully. Because it, they're 4 nil up. It wasn't even even in the touch in the uh, tunnel because you see that body language from that Derby team. Have you seen the video from the Derby County of like yeah, tweeted it? And yeah. every single one of them, like shaking their hands, looking a little bit like nervous. Like even at that point, Derby look look a beat inside. Well, speaking of negativity, which <laughs> <laughs> as we have been for the last broadly, as we've tried to be as positive and, and balanced about this as we can, but Lampard did raise it again, didn't he? Uh, he said in an interview with the club. So this is clearly. A, you know, a bee in his bonnet. Uh, he said, I do think we have a problem at this club where the minute there's a downturn, everybody speaks in this negative way. Here we go again. Now, part of me agrees with him in, and part of me thinks that if you look at our recent results where we've won, was it one in six or one in seven now since uh, since Preston? In, I mean, in February, played six, won one, drew two, lost three we played two of the worst teams in the league went to the bottom club got a draw got outplayed played the team with I believe the worst away record on the planet probably in Millwall um, <laughs> they've only won once before they beat us and got turned over there um, with a 1-0 defeat lost our local rivals got knocked out of the cup all with pretty poor performances um, do fans have a right to be upset yeah, absolutely. I think they do. I don't think. I don't think. I, I again. I understand where Lampard's coming from. There is this negativity thing, particularly around February, March time of season. But the results this season don't lie, and take them in isolation, it's been poor. And I think Derby County blog before the game put out the statistic or retweeted the statistic from the Blades uh, Analytics, yeah, Blades Analytics Twitter page, which they're really good, um, saying that you know showing the expected goals table, which was Derby at 18th in the league expected goals um, so it's not like Derby fans have seen a few bad results and got negative again there's been a pattern of behaviour which has been poor I remember having uh, the I, I did the video for Sky Sports News and Quest after the Swansea City game on the 1st of December uh, Derby won 2-1 uh, we I thought you might bring this up again yeah we could we could have won are you four. listening Ian Holloway yeah <laughs> Ian Holloway I've got my twat cap on again <laughs> um, I did the video for the Swansea game um, on the 1st of December and it was, it was the fact that Derby should have won that game five nil because we were so much better than them, but we didn't really create too much. And actually, defensively, Swansea looked like they were going to score every single time, and they didn't look like they were ever going to equalise. But it was still tighter at two one. It shouldn't have been two one at all. It should have been three four five nil, like quite comfortably. And I made that point in December, and I think I've been banging on that point for a while. And I think now it's coming home to roost because now we're getting beaten because sides have worked us out, and we are struggling because of that. And it's funny because. 
the reason Tom's upset about that is because Ian Holloway took the piss out of him for making that comment. Because Ian Holloway didn't watch the whole game. Ian and, for Hollo- his, and for his hat as well. And for his hat as well, which was fair I look great in a flat cap. But Ian Holloway made the point that a lot of pundits make and a lot of other fans make. They see the highlights of Derby County and they see the highlights of Harry Wilson and Mason Mount and Jack Marriott. And they say, oh, you guys are a great attacking team. You, you guys look like you score goals. And because of the cup runs, and we score goals at United, we score goals at Stamford Bridge, we score goals against Southampton. But you watch us actually week to week, we don't create chances. We, we've got quite lucky with a lot of wonder goals this season for, from a handful of players. And that was the point that Tom was making. We, we, we didn't look, even going back two, three months, we didn't look like creating chances. And we don't look like creating chances now. And suddenly we haven't got free kicks. And Harry Wilson isn't smashing him in from 30 yards out. And we're lacking ideas. I would love to know the last time a goalkeeper made a save against us, which yeah. would go as like a highlight reel. It's not like a regulation meet and drink straight down his gullet sort of save. I reckon it's before the whole game, so I'd say mid-January. The last time a goalkeeper made a save from one of our one of our attacks, and that's 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 atrocious. One thing that I dislike myself quite a lot, which I think Lampard was alluding to in his negativity comments, was like booing when you're not winning, booing when it's nil-nil against a relatively poor team or something like that. Um, plenty of boos at half-time today, Tom, which you said you weren't a fan of, but I'm going to back a lot of people up on this one because it was absolutely shocking. Um, I, I feel like today was one occasion where fans were perfectly entitled to do that. Yeah, okay, fine. Um, what, does it, what does it add? It doesn't, it doesn't do anything for anybody. Like, okay, you can, you can boo all you want, but at the same time, if you're going to say, I'm not happy with the performance, don't, just don't turn up to it. Like, the ticket prices are too high, um, the team hasn't performed well enough, I'm not going to the next game and I currently feel like I don't want to go to another Derby game this season because I, I, I'm not going to waste my time and I'm not going to waste my money. That's my protest. I'm not going to boo because at the time, we're 4-0 down, the players go off like looking dejected and then they're booing. They look over to us uh, as Derby fans and there's 1,500 of them of the two and a half, three thousand 3,000 fans that were there who are booing. They just go, oh no, we've let them down again. Like, and they know that already. I, I think it's a... It's just a pointless exercise, and I, I think I learnt that having been at the Barnsley game in 2008 when we were two, we lost 2-0, and I remember giving Paul Jewell all kinds of abuse, and I thought, why, why was I doing that? It gives, gives it does well, nothing. Because you were hammered? Yeah, I was hammered, yeah. <laughs> and I'm hammered now, and I didn't boo today, um, and I just, I don't, I don't see the purpose of booing. You're I a don't. better man now than you were in 2008. A drunker man now. <laughs> I don't know, either way, but... Uh, no, it's a fair you, point. I, I, you know, I... I was taking a mick there, Fine. but I, I accept what you're saying. Coach, do you buy into that as well? If you want to boo, you can boo. If you don't want to boo, don't boo. Of course, they can. I, people can boo, can't I think, they? Yeah, yeah. exactly. I, I think Tom's point, the point I agree with that Tom makes is if you don't like it, don't buy a ticket, don't go. But that doesn't mean you can't boo if you do go. You know, I don't know. It's. Yeah. I, I, feel, I, very, I feel very bad. I feel very queasy about questioning how fans act. Uh, at games because it's up to any individual fan how they want to act and I wouldn't really second question it um, I really wouldn't really second guess it sorry Um, but the only thing that annoys me is when you kind of when you hear fans kind of shouting like personal abuse at their own players I don't think that's needed but I don't I don't really hear much of that to be honest yeah I do I do do totally understand and if if you want to boo then fine but I just personally think that I'm there I want to get behind the team and today there wasn't much to get behind and therefore I didn't sing and I didn't didn't shout as much as I would do I've still got my voice for example which is a rarity for when I go to football and that that to me is enough to say I'm not satisfied with that performance um I don't need to go and like 
boo boo that performance because I think booing comes too easily. Um, if I'm not that dissatisfied, I'm not going to waste my time going to watch it because at the end of the day, football is something to entertain me. I, I enjoy going to watch football. I love Derby. I love it when they're doing well. I will support them through thick and thick and thin. But if I don't feel that they that Derby team is is representing what I want them to represent, I'm not going to waste my time going to do it. And that's not the fact that I'm not a a, a big fan because it, it hurts me so much to say something like that. But at the same time, I don't think they need to boo. I wasn't booing. I was saying boo earns. <laughs> it's quite um, a weird thing to well. do. Boo well. Boo It's quite a weird thing to do is to go boo, isn't it? It's quite a weird thing. Yeah, it's a bit pantomime. I don't think it? I've ever actually gone boo. I might have gone, oh, you're rubbish. <laughs> but I've never gone boo. I don't know. It's weird. I, I always find it weird that that noise comes out of a group of fans because it's odd. I'd, I'd like Derby, Derby to, or the Derby fans to get back behind the team. I remember going uh, like countless times in 2007 and eight, and it being being the We yeah. Are Derby, Super Derby, and we would sing that for Literally, hours, for, like, for, yeah, just for, the whole for like game. a half an hour, a whole and game. Yeah, I amazing. would think right, we're getting behind the team, and we would we would die in that Premier League season. But the fans were brilliant, and it made me want to go to football because yeah. like, I enjoyed going because like it was a we're so bad. Like, but we'll pretend to score goals, and of course, we're not as bad as that at the moment. Um, we're seventh in the league. It's it's been a relatively decent season. We've had a very very poor performance today, but there wasn't a lot of let's get behind the team today. There was a lot of like, oh, here we go again. And I think we're saying the same thing, like, oh, here we go again. Lampard's already sensed that. Why don't we, as a as a club, get behind the team? Because like, we need to we need to have that sort of. Let's go. We are Derby again. Like I think the club are doing their best. To be honest, they're doing everything they can. Yeah, but yeah, but as a club, as in a club, as in fans, as a whole. Club, I see. As, as, a, as, a, as a United commu- community. Okay, yeah, but, community. but also as a club, actually, I've mentioned ticket prices already. They are so high, and I think Derby's atten- average attendance is lower than Forest for the first time since in oh, my living time. memory. Like, yeah. what what are they doing? Forest are offering like incentives for fans to go. I don't want to go because I'm paying 34 quid for a single ticket. I've got to travel up from London. And yes, okay, blah, blah, blah. I should I should go. It doesn't matter the cost. But actually it does because at the end of the day, money only, you can only spend it once. And therefore, if I'm paying 34 quid to go and watch something where Derby don't have a shot on target, it's not entertainment, I'm going to spend my money on something else which is more entertaining. And that could be my local club down at, down at Beckenham Town. It's eight quid and they at least score some goals. <laughs> I believe, just to give the club credit, that they have put some adult tickets for the Wednesday game at about 20 quid, I think. I think I saw that on Twitter yeah. the other day. So I think they're aware of this. Whatever happened to that like demand ticket pricing That thing? went out the window. That never really took off, did it? Yeah, uh, it went out the window a couple of years ago. That was the Americans, I think, that started that off. Right. I think it went off. I thought it was a relatively recent thing. But anyway, Richard, I wanted to ask you, after the rocky patch that we're in at the moment and the things we have achieved this season what do you think is an acceptable final league position for us and for Lampard in his first season as a manager acceptable top half I'm at that stage now and I do think I called it on Monday night about Huddleston never playing for Derby again not because I hate him or anything I, I love Tom Huddleston as I said I think we saw today the first example of Lampard going okay this season we're not going to achieve we might sneak into the playoffs. Let's blood some youngsters. I think we'll see more of that. I think we'll see more of Max Bird, which isn't a bad thing. Um, I think we'll see more of the youngsters coming in. And I think he'll see it's an opportunity to start looking at what options he has through the squad, which will be here next season. So I think you'll he might use Bradley Johnson from time to time, but Johnson probably won't be here next season. So he probably won't use him as much. And I think we'll see more of that. So I think Lampard's are looking at, let's finish top half, 
and and, and let's assess a let's assess the wider squad without using the players we don't need to use anymore because we're not going to have them next season. I'd like to see the tactical problems get ironed yeah. out I'll, in that team, yeah. and I'd like to. I, I I agree with Coach with that matter. Be patient with Frank Lampard. We need to be patient with this team, and I think actually this summer is going to be really exciting because we're going to get rid of some of that dead wood. That those contract out of contract players are going to go, and we're going to bring in players. And I am actually really excited for the future, even though at the moment it's bloody depressing sitting here drinking my wee drum of whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> Patience and stability. Then the uh, watchwords we're going to stick with despite the current circumstances. Speaking of entertainment, should we play a game? I love games. Let's bloody play a game to cheer ourselves up. Uh, we invented a game. Well, we invented a name for an existing game. <laughs> yes. King of Clubs, which we're going to turn the tables on. And Richard is going to be the quiz master. I'm, I'm just glad to be able to join in for a change. Yeah, it'd be a nice quiz. Cause I'm, After I'm, thinking of 37 who am I over the p- past two it, years. It'd be nice to have some competition, finally. Yes, exactly. It'd be nice for me not to definitely lose something. So, so Richard, <laughs> please explain the rules of this game to the good listeners. So this is the Andy King of Clubs game, and I'm going to name a player. We played it at Christmas quiz time. I'm going to name a former Derby County player and tell you the number of other clubs that he has played for during his career. He is retired, always retired. And you're going to, Chris, I'm going to come to you first, and you have to say, tell me how many former clubs you can name from that player other than Derby County. Hit me. And then, <laughs> exactly. And then Tom will either challenge you to name those clubs or um raise you raise you yeah, yeah exactly you'll raise you so chris parsons the name of the player is former derby county defender danny higginbottom and i can tell you that he played for 10 f- clubs other than derby county during his career so how many of his former clubs other than derby can you name i'll open the bidding with two that's very low Tom, <laughs> can i go three uh, i'm gonna go three chris I'll go for four. I'm going to say, Chris, could you please name those four clubs that Danny Higginbottom played? Bollocks. Come on, start with the go. easy ones. Okay. And if I get one wrong... You're out, done. It's Tom out. wins. Danny Higginbottom played for Southampton. Yes. Stoke City. Yes. Manchester United. Yes. They were my three, by the way. That's why I handed it over. Chris, for the fourth. Um, I am really struggling here. Uh... <laughs> so you've got one more to get. I'm just going to have to take a, take a punt on, on, on the fourth club. Ooh. Rochdale. Incorrect. No. Tom, any <laughs> who'd, who'd, who'd have thought Tom, a random guess would be incorrect? Um, I reckon he might have played for... Uh, apart from those three, I'm going to say... Oldham? No. So he played for Royal Antwerp on loan, classic Uh, Manchester United loan destination, before he joined Derby County. Then he played 86 matches for Derby County. Then he played for Southampton, as you said. Then he played for Stoke. Made 22 appearances for Sunderland, another classic. Oh, yeah. I thought he might have. I think probably when Roy Keane took over. Probably when Roy Keane took over, he went to Sunderland. Then went back to Stoke again. Nottingham Forest, six appearances there. Ipswich Town, Sheffield United, Chester, and Altrinham. Blimey. So what happens now? Is that just a like a rollover? Just Tom avoid? wins. Tom, Tom wins. You, oh, said, yeah. you said four yeah. and you got three, unfortunately. Call it a draw? No, Tom won. Oh. <laughs> That's how it works. Point each? No, Tom won. Okay. <laughs> it, it's nice to see that you should service lost is always and you lost. It was a full circle day. Excellent. A cool 5 0 aggregate defeat for me <laughs> to, uh, this weekend. So we're going to leave it there for now. We will be back in a couple of weeks. 
after three of Derby County's four upcoming consecutive home games, we're going to try and get another pod out after which one? Wednesday, I think. Two of the three of us, or hopefully we're there, maybe the full house. But until then, give us a follow on social. Please do drop us a review on iTunes as well if you enjoyed the podcast. Give us a retweet. Please share the pod with any Derby County related friends or family. Until then, Richard, chin up. Farewell. <laughs> Tom, thanks for coming along. I'm heading back to the beer corner. <laughs> <laughs> See you again soon. Thanks for listening. Bye.